You've reached the Onkin Radio Podcast. Nick Onkin here, exploring the world from creativity, consciousness, and everything in between to help you alchemize your life to its fullest expression. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Onkin Radio. Today, we have my man, Dr. G, in the house. He is... A, a holistic doctor, oncologist, and he's got his own private practice concierge service for individuals, healthcare, private doctor. And he's also got a really great podcast called Heal Thyself. And he talks a lot about his whole process of healing himself throughout the years. But really what's amazing is he he reviews all kinds of different products from supplements to to everything, molds, different things that you can purchase. He does very, very deep reviews going into heavy metals and, and all kinds of things that are not necessarily on the surface of what you see. So check out his podcast there. Today we are talking about healing the body and mind to create with soul. And I think clearing your channel, your your body, your vessel, living a clean life and clearing your traumas, clearing mindful, being mindful of what food you're intaking, what's everything, everything, exercise, diet, all the things that help you create a clearer channel of creativity. And I'm excited to dive in. So with that, I give you the one, the only Mr. Dr. G. What is up, everyone? We've got Dr. G in the house, in my house, in New York City. Welcome to the show. Thank you, man. I'm back home in New York City. This is the energy here is amazing. The people here are amazing. The food's amazing. But I cannot find a patch of grass anywhere. I don't know how big I am on grounding. <laughs> yes, yes. You might have to explain that for everyone, the idea of grass mm-hmm. and grounding. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's talk about that for a second. Start off? Yeah, why not? Okay. While we're here. While okay. we're here. And, and then mind, we'll jump into some other things. Mind but, you, this wasn't planned. This is all organic. <laughs> this is organic. That's the way we roll. That's the way we roll. Man, I think one of the tenets of health is for people to get in touch with nature. And not just be in nature, but also understand the way we evolved. And part of the way we evolved was putting our feet in dirt, grass, sand, mulch, whatever. Well, not mulch, but just (laughs) earth surfaces. And we sort of lost that when we industrialize ourselves. Mm -hmm. But I do think that that's one of the pillars for people's health is to get your feet on grass. Why? There's there's known and well-designed studies that show that not only does it help balance your nervous system from sympathetic really over anxious to parasympathetic rest digest mm. so it puts it puts you in a better nervous system state leading to less inflammation folks who did it had less subjective measures of pain which is amazing and white blood cells reduced inflammation and re- reduced white blood cells in mm. in areas of pain so it's it's pretty interesting because how cheap is it you know so my problem with new york is for some folks, they have to walk 15, 20 minutes to get a patch of grass that they could just put their feet on <laughs> that, you know, that someone that someone didn't pee on or a dog didn't pee on and there's poop on it, you know, like right. somewhere where there's like a clean patch of grass. So, but I do love New York, you know, because 
what it lacks in nature, it makes up in community mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in communities that are the tenant of health, right? Like it's crazy living here. I can imagine like, let's say I lived across the street. Well, you're here, you know, and then my other friend is two blocks, three blocks away. Yeah. And we were, and we were, and, and, and her and I were just talking before this, how she has her whole group of people here that are like-minded and they get together. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, this is amazing. Amazing community. You all live around each other and they're like such influential people around here. So again, when it makes up, it makes up in community what it lacks in, you know, getting in touch with nature and getting our feet on the ground. I like that. I like that. Maybe I should buy like a little like two by two like patch of grass just to put in my apartment here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know Actually, if that's the same. No, it's, but... I don't know. You know, I do know grounding mats do work if they, the only ones that really have been studied are the ones, or well studied and shown to help, are the ones that have been outside conducting outside grass. So it's basically indoors, but connected to outside somewhere. Like there's a wire running conducting mm, the ground. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, which makes <laughs> sense. So basically you're still getting those. And, and the way it works is the earth's surface is covered in negative ions. Mm. So we are electrical conductive beings. We are electrical beings. So almost instantaneously when we put our feet on the ground, it balances our electric state such that we become part of that that flow of electrons yeah. on earth. We literally become the earth without even really noticing a difference, but our body energetically, energetic wise, and not metaphysically, energetic wise, literally the ions in our body become conductive with that of the earth. It's amazing. Yeah. Which is interesting. I mean, it goes to explain the idea that, you know, we are energy or we are mm -hmm. electric energy. Everything is everything. Like yeah, everything's brain, like thoughts, it's all so it stands, electric charge. Exactly. So it stands to believe medicine's intervention. And trust me, I'm all for all great physical medicine, working with the body, working with supplements, even working with people who do take medication. But our first intervention should be like, how do we make an energetic change to people's bodies, right? Like what energetic medicines do we do? Because we are energetic beings, right? Right. So it's, it's pretty wild because we're kind of upside down in the way we treat people. But I think that that goes a really long way in people's health. Yeah. I mean, it just goes to show you that like the body can heal itself through certain modalities that aren't of the pharmaceutical type. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. Of course. It's, and, and, and what I always say is, look, there is a need for pharmaceuticals. If I go, Nick, what a great podcast. That was the best one. And it's going to be amazing. And then I cross the street and a car hits me <laughs> and my leg is falling off. <laughs> You see what I mean? At that point, then I'm going to really want some antibiotics and painkillers and every everything else to keep me alive and my leg saved. That's that's the best when they when when we have that modality there. But you know, for everything else, it's like there's so much more powerful interventions that we can do mm -hmm. that not only will help people acutely but long term and mm -hmm. prevent you can prevent and folks with chronic disease. So there's a place for all medicines. I just think that. We have it upside down and the role of conventional medicine has way too big of an influence on people's health and it's certainly not the way and, yeah and we know that because people will take a medication for high blood pressure and then they'll get a side effect and then they'll take another medication for the side effect and inevitably a year later they'll get another side effect and they'll take it mm -hmm. and they're on polypharmacy multiple medications with multiple side effects and nothing's improving maybe being controlled but their health is going down the drain yep see what i'm saying and and it's wild for me to see when I was really practicing, I was getting people off medication slowly but surely with their doctor. And it's, um, it's amazing to see literally color back in people's faces, like wow. life coming back to them and going, well, damn, like why didn't anyone talk about nutrition, true lifestyle, not just like workout more, real lifestyle changes and getting back to nature. Yeah. And then when you do, it's, it's wild.
Absolutely. Return to health. Absolutely. Yeah, let's, uh, that just kind of leads me back. Let's, let's jump back to kind of your, your story of how you got into this side of the space, into this, mm-hmm. like, I guess we call it holistic side of, of things. Where'd you start and where'd you, how'd you end up there? Yeah, so I was in college and I uh, graduated with business economics. And I always wanted to be business savvy. I didn't know if I wanted to be a businessman, but I always had, and you and I talk about this, this feeling of what our our soul is here to do, right? Like, what are we, what are we passionate about? What gifts do we have? And I always thought it was in the field of just helping people in some capacity. It could have been in business. And then one of my mentors at, at Rutgers University, you know, totally introduced me, maybe you should be a dentist. And I said, a dentist? I go, well, actually, that makes sense. I'd like to be an orthodontist because my teeth were all jacked up when I was young. And I know that the toll it can take on a kid's confidence. I go, maybe I'll be an orthodontics, but, you know, bring some joy into some young kid's life. And that was the plan until I was in school. I actually went to dental school in, up in Minnesota. And that was a plan until my mom got sick with cancer. Uh, and, and then I was like, I heard about it when I was in Minnesota. So I'm like, all right, I came back and I started, I was in the process with her. Like I would sort of go to chemotherapies with her. I would go to some of the visits with the oncologist to ask questions, right? To be her caregiver and advocate. And there was this one point where I remember I was like, all right, well, doc, like how should I, what, what, how, how does she eat? What do we do? And I'll never forget because he's like, well, we're going to get the dietitian in here, but really she needs calorically dense foods like pizza, cake, cookies. I was like, cake, cookies, pizza. I was like, <laughs> back then I was into bro fitness. So at least I knew about <laughs> macronutrients, right? I knew, I knew what pizza, cookies, sugar, uh, processed foods did. I wasn't as much knowledgeable about micronutrients, but at that point I was like, something is wrong. Then the dietitian came and sort of echoed that about making like these, like drinking boost and ensure like these terrible drinks, Oof. which were so high in sugar. So the, like high fructose corn syrup being one of the first ingredients. And, I'm like, and, and they, they sent her home with it. I go, I go, mom, you're not drinking this. And I started like making calorically dense food based on like healthier stuff. Right. So mm-hmm. I, I did, I did my best, but you know, inevitably the cancer just started getting more aggressive, which it does for many people. Mm-hmm. They say, and they say, you know, you go home, you're, you're cured before that and it looks fine. And then it comes back if it's not taken care of more aggressive. And then all of a sudden she's really sick and she passes away right before it became aggressive. I learned about naturopathic medicine Mm. when I was in school. It was literally school was starting. I was like, what the hell is naturopathic medicine? I was like, that's weird. Why didn't I ever hear about this? So I actually thought someone messed up as an author on the book because it said ND, not MD. And I go, that's weird. How can you make such a mistake? So I got home and I started reading about it. And I said, well, damn. And this is is where you and I would resonate a lot on this. You would, is the intuition. Like I felt like I was instantaneously drunk. Like from from one second to the other, it was like buzzing throughout my whole body. Literally, my body couldn't tell me anything more other than this you need to listen to, get out. So one thing led to another and I was already signed up for naturopathic school and I left. And then I started school. And that's, that's how it happened. And after she passed away, that was sort of like the catalyst to go into chronic disease and cancer. Mm, mm. So, you know, all these pieces throughout life fall into place. We don't see them when it's happening, especially if it's quote unquote, like really bad things happening. But, you know, because of that, I've been able to help many people just through education. Yeah. Not only when I was practicing, but through education. So it's a really proud moment and honor to do, to be doing work like that. 
Yeah, I love that. I love that. What what kind of schooling did it take to to get there? Yeah, so it's four years of accredited naturopathic school. So it's same medical school curriculum, all of the really sometimes tough science courses, you know, just same thing you'd anatomy, physiology, embryology. Yeah. And then where it differs is the last two years, our rotations are different because we don't we don't need to be in an ER. There's right. no one, we don't want to see an naturopathic doctor in the ER, maybe later down the line in the ER or, or after in inpatient, but we don't want to see that. So what the last two is it's the rotation is a little different. We don't do the ER. We don't do any medicine that really is acute care. And we do things more like naturopathically, holistically minded. So yeah. it's just a little different, but regardless, same idea, man. It's the same course load. Yeah, yeah. Some, and if not, we have more credits. We have, instead of 23.9 hours of nutrition on average, we have two years of nutrition. Wow. We have herbology, wow. right? Like we learn about all the herbs yeah. out there. It's wild. We have Chinese medicine. We have, in my belief, I think every medical student, even conventional, should have all of those things sprinkled on. They should at least learn they should definitely have way more nutrition. 23.9 hours is ludicrous. It's un, and it's unacceptable for me. Right. They should have at least a year and a half, a year. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's what I'm thinking. They need more comprehensive to understand how to treat people outside of medication. That's the paradigm that they're coming up in. Literally the disease, the answer is in this medication. It's like mm -hmm. a, it's like an algorithm, yep. but it shouldn't be that way. Yeah. It's, we're not algorithms, right? Like the answer to us is not an algorithm. It's so much more complex exactly. than that. Exactly. I, like how would you, so to somebody who didn't know what naturopath is, how would you describe that? Okay. Yeah. Naturopathic doctors are basically doctors who are focused and their biggest goal is to treat the root cause, right? Mm -hmm. the, what is the root cause of your indigestion? What is the root cause of your arthritis? But we use it, for, we use a holistic perspective, Right mental, emotional, physical, right? So we don't just look at the knee joint if you have arthritis. We look at everything, right? We look right. at your blood sugar, right? How about your metabolic health? We look at your mindset, what's your stress level, right? Because mm -hmm. all of these things are, everything's very complex. Everything lends into something. If you keep getting strep throat every single year, well, why? Yeah. Right? Why, why is your brother or cousin not getting it? your best friend, why are you always getting it? So we look at the terrain of the body and see what it's allowing and why it's, it's there. And we use the major approach, the, the, what, I, the, what I have seen and used in so many people and have reversed many diseases that aren't supposed to be reversed is giving the body what it needs in the form of nutrition and or anything else, mental, emotional, and then removing obstacles to cure mm -hmm. or healing. You don't want to use cure, healing. And obstacles to healing are everything. It could be a really crappy diet, lack of exercise, constant stress, emotional trauma. All those are obstacles to cure because here's why. We work with the intelligence of the body. Mm -hmm. You say the, the body doesn't have intelligence. I say bullshit because you cut your knee, your knee knows how to heal, right? Like you're not walking around with an open wound from when you were nine years old, right? There is, there is a power in the body that knows how to be balanced, go back to normal. Yeah. So we use that goal back to normalness and we work with it to help heal the body. Yeah. And we do that by using those tenants. Got it. Got it. Great explanation. You know, what's interesting. I was actually just listening to David Blaine on uh, Joe Rogan this morning and he was talking about how he's like, it really is mind over matter. Your, your mind can control the healing of your body because he sticks it. Like he had Joe, he had like Joe, like stick a sword through his like arm or something. And he was like, <laughs> the way to do this is like, you control your, your healing with your mind. Wow. Yeah. It's wild. It's interesting because 
the mind we totally downgrade, especially conventionally. We don't even talk about like what's your mental state truly, like go into it and we downgrade it. But the thing is the mind is like incredible because someone says the mind and body are connected. I don't know what doctors still say that, but I'm sure there's so many. If I tell you, Nick, well, what's your favorite food? What do you like to eat? Oh my God. What's your uh, number one favorite food? It's it's changed now. If we snap fingers and it's right in front of us, what would we want to eat? Oh my God. I mean, uh, you know, like let's say tacos. Okay, tacos, tacos. But like the best tacos you've ever eaten. Absolutely. So then I say, Nick, imagine your best tacos you've ever eaten. Do you remember what they smell like? And at some point you're going to remember what they smell like. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. And at some point your mouth is going to start watering. Yeah, there's it already your, is. There's it your already mind, is. There's your mind-body connection, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like that, right? The mind gave you something that's not even real and created the physiological effect on your body. Now imagine what constant negative self-talk, or imagine constant flashbacking into things that oh I should have said that, or wow that person was really shitty to me that day in August last year, and I'm still holding on to that anger. Imagine what that does in the body if freaking tacos made you drool in ten seconds, right? You know? Yeah. I mean, and this is kind of where, I mean, it's like I've, I've been, you know, exploring the idea of creative alchemy and how, I mean, and we can talk more to this, but the idea that, you know, alchemy is transmuting one thing into something better, right? So, I mean, from my philosophy of creative alchemy, it's how do you, you know, it's like becomes intentional of a, what are you alchemizing? But I think you can alchemize everything in your life. And I think health is one of the biggest things, you know, for me, it's been huge over the last few years of like going through dark times and even like going through the last few months of COVID when it first started, I had to like really do a lot of alchemy even to get to a space that I could create. And that alchemy was like eating healthier, mm -hmm. working out, meditation, like getting through the fear because the fear is the is with that toxin, it sends toxins through your body. Mm -hmm. And, you know, obviously they're trying to make us, you know, fearful every day and all. And that's like, what is that fear doing to us? Mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. know, persistent fear state. It's so imagine again, my body, right? If you're told something and the persistent message to you is that you need to be living in a fearful state, your body is going to react mm -hmm. and it's going to, your, your brain is going to say, okay, danger somewhere, whether it's it's clear and present or sometime in the future. And that's going to send a signal to your adrenals and your adrenals going to go, all right, well, let's get to work. There's stress coming. So releases cortisol, releases yeah. norepinephrine, releases epinephrine, right? And when it's acute and massive amounts of stress, that's when you're amped up and you're ready to like jump out of a window away from a bear or a tiger or a lion, right? And you get all the blood to your muscles. So you're ready to run in your brain and your eyes, but forget digestion. Mm -hmm. But you, the same thing happens. See, animals are interesting. Animals can run away from the bear, lion, or tiger and integrate that stress. When they finally make it away, they'll, they'll breathe out that stress. They have mechanisms where the body goes, okay, let's let it out now. So you'll see actually there's videos where you can see animals <sighs> breathe out that stress and they go, it's done. They're not thinking about it anymore right. until it happens again. Us as human beings, we're so complex, but we're also to the dismay of our own health. We think about things and we hold on to things. So if someone on the TV says, okay, you're not going to die today, but you're probably going to die at some point soon because you need to lock all your doors and your windows because everyone's going to infect you and you're dead. Right. At some point, that stress is going to keep going. So chronic low-grade stress to me is even worse than those massive amounts of stress that you get where you can integrate. It's much worse because that's literally affecting your nervous system. 
your immune system, every single organ in your body, mm. your brain health. And you'll notice like, I want everyone who's listening to think about a time where they were stressed. Because we've all been, we're human beings. And if you live in New York, you're probably more stressed than the folks out in California. <laughs> <laughs> I feel the energy here already. Oh, I, I remember the hustle and bustle. It's wild, man. Yeah. It's fun, but it, it's why I left. I, I feel like I'm being choked. Yeah. But but we've all been stressed. So think about a time where you were really stressed for like two weeks straight. How did you feel after the two weeks? Like, did you get sick? Was the word, did you have chest pains? Was Did your breathing change? Did all of a sudden something that you had from the past come back? Because it's that state where we're weakened everywhere. Every organ, our immune system, our nervous system, everything is weakened. Now imagine doing that for years and years and years. That's the terrain that chronic disease thrives on, including cancer. Cancer loves this state because it goes, oh, what's going on? Stress? I'm like, okay, well, I'm here. I'm going to just grow and have babies. And, you know, (laughs) the analogy is just, you know, grows a tumor. But still, like, that's where we have to check it. We have to check every single day. What is influencing our thoughts, words, and actions? And are we stressed? Mm. And are we stressed? Yes or no? Are we stressed? Like, did we feel stressed? How are we in our bodies? We were talking about being in the body. How are we in our bodies? How do we feel? Yeah. What Were we feeling good? And then all of a sudden we got a message and then we're like tightening up. And how do we integrate that? Are you going to do a breath work? You do it with meditation? You do it with yoga? What do you do? Like, what is your stress relieving technique? Because I speak about stress so much because that is a pillar of health, stress mm-hmm. control. If you're not controlling it, that's a big problem for your health. Yeah. Yeah. What kind of things do you usually recommend to what are your patients or just in general, who do you like for moving stress through your body, getting it out of your body? First of all, to prepare yourself for stressful situations, you got to have time set out every single day. Mm-hmm. I talk about rituals because when you do these rituals, you're able to give your mind and body a connection, right? So let's say meditation is part of it and people are like, what the heck's ritual? Well, taking time out of the day to journal, affirmations, gratitude, breath work, (laughs) yoga, like anything, draw something where you're quiet and in your own present space. It's Mm -hmm. all, it's just all about being present. All the things I mentioned is just literally focus. You're not thinking about bills. You're not thinking about someone who hurt you in the past. Mm -hmm. And when you're in this place, that's connecting the mind and the body. So you have, you're more sensitive over time to those little stressors. So when you are stressed, one, if you are on a ritual schedule every single day, then maybe a year ago before you started the rituals, the same stressor is going to affect you less. Mm-hmm. Meaning the the signal from your brain to your adrenals is going to be there, but your adrenals going to be like, hey man, I'm, I'm chilling, brain. Like I'm going to release some hormones for you, but not too much. Not yeah. as much as we did before we got these rituals on schedule, yeah. right? Which is amazing because then you're like, all right, I'm a little stressed. But in those times of stress, the, the most immediate thing you can do to change your physiology is move your diaphragm with breath work, right? Mm, yeah. That'll stimulate the vagus nerve and put you in a parasympathetic state. It's amazing. So let's say you just got yelled at in a coffee shop. You got into a big argument with the barista. <laughs> we love baristas, but like, let's say, let's say something happened, right? And you're like, I'm out of here. I'm so mad and I'm triggered. He reminds me of my dad, you know? <laughs> you get into your car and do deep breaths. So take like five breaths in and like seven breaths out right? Five breaths in and do it 20 times. And that, that stimulation of the para, uh, vagus nerve is by the diaphragm is going to start putting you in a parasympathetic state. Mm. It's amazing. I tend to, when I was really stressed, I had L-theanine on hand. And again, this is not a recommendation. Ask your doctor or medic, uh, medical advice. But L-theanine is an awesome amino acid. 
in green tea, actually. That's uh, why green tea doesn't hype us up like coffee because it balances out with green tea, uh, the caffeine, yeah. balances with L-theanine. But L-theanine is amazing, right? So I, if I have uh, like intense stress, it actually promotes alpha brain waves in the brain, which is amazing. Because oh, we wow. get those brain waves when we meditate. Mm-hmm. Or when we're about to go to sleep, it's amazing. So it doesn't sedate us, but it's like, oh shoot, that just took the edge off. Yeah, and it's yeah, yeah. and it's not called Xanax. It's amazing. <laughs> uh, and so breath work, and then like when I get home, let's say the barista, I'm still mad about it. Then I'll get home and I'll do meditation. Or I'll journal. I'll be like, why did the barista get me bad? You know, yeah. like who did they remind me of? What did they trigger within me? And what needs to be healed? Ask yourself those questions because what's happening is the universe is showing you exactly what you need to heal. Mm-hmm. And you're taking it as a bad thing when it truly is a blessing for you to see yourself as a mirror, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. so be, be more like, look at it from a more, uh, an eye that is more like, okay, why is it here? And how's it helping me rather than it's like, I'm a victim today, you know? Yeah. I mean, victim, victim mentality is not going to get you, Mm-mm. get you very far in life. Mm-mm. Yeah, it's interesting because I think that's where all, so much of the work is, is really diving into what are your traumas and you know why are you getting triggered and if you can heal those you can start to heal the rest of your life yeah yeah 100 percent. and it's in it's like I, can, I wish i can have a lecture at university of pennsylvania medical school and then go straight to harvard medical school and yale medical school and talk to like the top medical schools about trauma and really what it means in health because I said, as naturopathic doctors, we work on the physical body, work on the mental emotional. So every time I have a patient, I would draw like a little pie graph as to like what is the influencing factors of their disease state or imbalance or dis-ease. And there'd always be a mental emotional section. You have to, right? right? So right. you always have to, a good doctor will say, one, do you have community? Do you have people you can talk to? Do you feel supported? And then, And then they'll ask you like, a little bit about what things you hold on to. They'll get a feel for it and gently ask you like, what are you holding on to? Like what's going on in your life? You know, are you, who are you resenting? Why are you resenting them? Mm-hmm. Talking about like, how is it manifesting now for you? It's interesting. Cause when you ask those questions, people's energy will shift. And if they're holding on to something, man or woman, man, men are a lot tougher, but women will break down. And you're like, fuck they're holding on to some shit yeah holy moly and like and then you just see like that that disease state and then all of a sudden my pie graph becomes 80 (laughs) percent of of that and then like maybe some diet some lack of exercise but it's really that so it's amazing the healing you can do when you let go and you're liberated from the trauma that's been holding you down that is an anchor so you're walking around you can eat the best diet you can work out with the best trainers. You can do yoga, meditation, breath work. But if you're not if you're not letting go of that fifty pound book bag, how, what, what are you doing? You know, like you're not enjoying your food. You're not enjoying the exercise. You're not enjoying the yoga or meditation. Yeah, you're holding on to it. So, what is the best way to follow? like? You have to let go of that trauma. Yeah, and you do it in forgiveness. And it's incredible because this is the perfect time. It's actually the first podcast that I'm doing. Yesterday, I had like the most incredible conversation with my dad. Right. Oh, wow. And this was 20 years in the making, you know, it's like, this is stuff that I've been holding on to since 16 and I'm 36. Wow. Did, is it, did I do the math right? I ain't that good at math, but that sounds like 20 years. Right. Yeah. So with that, just to sit in Washington square park and let out those 
words that I've been holding on to was the most liberating thing of my life. I, I think yesterday, aside from the, the, my mom's death, was one of the biggest days of my life because I was able to let go and be liberated from that book bag. Now, the book bag over the years, I've been I'm doing a lot of work. It went from 150 pounds to 50 to maybe like 15 pounds now. But yeah. just to let go of those 15 pounds, 15 pounds is a lot when you're holding it for a long time. Yeah. Oh my God. I feel like a new man because what happens inevitably, that energy that you are starts flowing how right. it should be. Yeah. And you're buzzing and you're authentically you and you're, you're not holding on to any more shit. And I'm telling you, when you're in that state, I don't know when disease is going to be coming in if you're flowing like that. Yeah. 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 You know? Yeah. And what did it, what did that take? You know, what kind of work did that take? I mean, it took 20 years, right? So how did you get to the point of being able to say that? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's, you know, yeah. you could say it, but yeah. like, it's true. It took it's, some time, it took some time and it took some internal processing and things on your part. Like what, what was that for you? It took some, it just, look, I've always been sensitive. So it took some time when I was younger to know that there was something off. Then over time, you know, understanding that we as men don't voice our feelings. That is, a, for, for at least for my culture, Latin culture, voicing feelings is like, that's generational trauma. No, yeah. we don't do that as men. But that's also just across the board, that toxic masculinity, right? So damn, man, like it, it took years for me to even understand what feelings within me are, identify how I feel, like many years. That was actually the biggest one to just go, oh my God, am I mad? Like this is anger? Because that's how out of touch I was with my body and my feelings. Yeah. Getting more in touch with my body, then creating that bridge from feelings to my mouth to speak them, right? Right. So, and here's the beautiful part, what I just said, the universe will always give you the people, places, things, situations, circumstances to heal, right? To create that healing within yourself as in the form of triggers. So ever since I, I stopped going, why am I being victimized by these triggers and saying, why are these people coming into my life for these situations here? What are they here to teach me within this healing that I know I need to do? Right. So over the past two years, I've created that bridge in speaking my emotions. And yeah. Like it forever took me, I cringed when I even thought about saying like, even to a friend, Hey man, I mean, you mean a lot to me. You're, you're amazing and you're great. Mm. I cringed. Now imagine saying those words to someone that like, like your dad that you really need to talk to. Like I cringed and cringed and cringed. So it took a lot mm. of, a ton of work. To be honest, there's been help of many other plant therapeutics out there <laughs> that have put me in a place to absolutely, I think actually aside from the, the it took like 10 years of work away because it took away the fear. Right. And that was the last straw that broke the camel's back. Got it. That plant medicine broke the fear where I go, fuck, what am I being scared of? Why, why was I cringing? And then I actually can go with compassion for myself and my dad. And I was like, this is amazing. This is beautiful. Like I can actually sit here, not be scared of anything and be like the most authentic me. And yeah. that's what it led to. So it's a, it was a lot of work, dude. As men, <laughs> as men, like I feel bad and I really wish that I can help a lot of men out there understand what emotions are and understand how to speak those emotions. You know, mm -hmm. it, it's hard, but it doesn't have to be that hard either. Right, right. So what, what would be an example of a trigger 
that something that would trigger you that led up into like saying this to your dad? Mm-hmm. Like, was it all just triggers from him or was it like no. you're out in the day talking to the barista <laughs> and the, you know, confessing your feelings to the barista and it triggered you or something no, like that? No, no, that, did, <laughs> that, that poor barista has been going through some stuff today. I know, I know. The, um, no, it wasn't necessarily even my dad. It's funny. Someone said, like, if you think you're spiritual, go back and live with your family for a little bit and they'll trigger you all right. So they parents will always trigger you. Family members always trigger you. But I think it came in the form, and this, for me, my biggest teachers have been in relationships, right? In the form of the opposite sex who's showing me with a mirror to my face who I am in the form of them, with how they're triggering me. And then I'm always like, doing a roundabout away from the mirror and being like, no, I want to yell at you instead. I want to be mad at you. I don't want to be <laughs> mad at the thing in the mirror that's that's trying to heal me. So that would come because throughout, really the, the consciousness behind this all came within the past eight years. In those eight years, those women I've dated have shown me what I need to heal and they that, that would be my biggest triggers. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, I don't know how to speak my emotions. Leave me alone. Like, why can't I just be, you mm-hmm. know? But, but, all of them, the commonality, and this is when I knew that there was a big, there was, this was it. The commonality, the string that tied them all together was that they all wanted me to show up as vulnerable, as, as articulating my feelings, all of them in one form or another. And the reason why we didn't go forth and why we're still not together is because we all broke up because I couldn't show up in that way. Mm. So I said, well, damn, I keep breaking up because I can't show up. I got, I got, if I want a loving, fruitful relationship, if I want a better relationship with my dad, with my brother, business partners, friends, deeper, I got to start speaking up. You know, I really got to, and it's not just podcast speaking, but taking your emotions and being vulnerable and speaking up. Holy shit. That's, Mm -hmm. that was the hardest thing of all time. But the biggest triggers always in all my life have been in the form of the people that I've dated. Mm. I mean, that'll do it. Oh, that'll do it. It's, that'll if anyone's getting it. under your skin, it's it's your partner, right? Or oh, your your, kid, your wife or your husband or whatever it may be. Yeah. I mean, I had a relationship a couple of years, a few years ago that was just whew, one of those, that's for sure. Right? It's, <laughs> it, and, and it's insane because you will just, most people will see that and they'll see antagonism coming from their partner. And the other partner will be like, well, I'm triggered because they're triggered. And you just fight. And and then you to get divorced and you never see the blessing that's in front of you. Mm-hmm. You never see that that partner has been placed in front of you in perfect timing for you to heal the thing you need the most. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's, you know, I think, you know, for me now, it's like one of the biggest things, like number one is, is this person like developing themselves and taking a look at themselves, you know, in terms of like a, a partner for me. Like that's a huge attribute mm-hmm. because like if, if the other person's not willing to take a look at their triggers and their life and traumas and all that stuff, you just, it's going nowhere. 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 It's really, it's, it's really hard for you to be aware and self-aware and wanting to grow and then not being with someone and who's stagnant and just not doing that. It's yeah. really, it's really hard. It's not going to go anywhere, especially when you're, <laughs> you're when you're aware of yourself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just like this whole image of like, yeah, you're just watching this person just stew around, take a bath in their shit, you know? I know, I and mean, you're like, hey, c- come out for a little bit. Like, yeah, we're, come we're out growing. and play. I mean, yeah. keep throwing, don't don't throw it all at me. Yeah, but yeah, just don't like, <laughs> yeah, I know. You, it, it, it's really hard, which I always say like, intention has been one of my biggest things this year is like, what am I being, saying, doing, having? And is it based on true intention or am I just like on autopilot? And is that intention based on intuition, 
what do I feel? So feeling has been huge for me because it's allowed yeah. me to navigate. And that's been my compass. Feeling, feeling, feeling. God, I got out of my head. I was so cerebral. A doctor has to be cerebral, but also a doctor can use their heart and intuition in many ways too. Yeah, it's funny. I've been, I'm like, even the last few months, I've really been kind of getting into that space as well. And just, I think the idea of alchemy and the idea of, you know, we talked about this on your podcast, but like the seventh principle of the masculine and feminine, right? And really, you know, creating with intention, which is the masculine will, the masculine like rationale, but then also like leading with intuition, mm-hmm. that which is the feminine energy and like, un, like being able to feel and understand what's happening. And like, I feel like that's where the magic happens. Yeah. Yeah. It, it absolutely does. It, the, the feminine is what guides you. Like it says, if it, the, the masculine will set up all the pieces to make it happen, but the feminine goes, okay, now come this way. And you're like, well, I thought, I thought I was I thought I set up this way, like this was going to be the way. And then the feminine's like, no, 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 bitch, come with me. And then you're like, yeah. whoa, like this is way more than I thought. And we just, as man, man, we're not taught to get in touch with feeling. Like no one ever tell. like if I have kids, one of my first things I'm going to do is if they're crying, I'm going to ask them, what are they feeling and why? So mm-hmm. they can understand what they're connecting, what's coming out so they can lead with feeling. You know, yeah. I think one of the best things we can do as parents is, always asking our kids, checking in, what are you feeling? Why do you feel this way? Yeah. Cause then they grow up and they go, well, that's, it's easy to know what I feel. And it's easy, even easier for me to know why. Yeah. I didn't grow up like that. You probably didn't grow up like that. No, I grew up, yeah, I grew up in a very conservative Christian home. And my, you know, my dad was like, well, he didn't process emotions. He Mm -hmm. like shut down Mm -hmm. and therefore showed us that, you know, or me and my sister, at least me, that, you know, showing emotion was not okay. Especially if it was anger or negative emotion, exactly not okay. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't know how to deal with that. And then there was also a lot of judgment around like being able to share feelings and sharing how I felt. So I still, you know, especially as you talk about your, your dad, like yeah. I still feel that myself. Like yeah. from my, you know, it's like, everything's like f- freaking onions, man. You just <laughs> keep peeling back more layers. You peel back. Like it just keeps going. It, but it's generational because you can, can you imagine, you know, 50, hundred years ago? I mean, what was a man in, in the eyes of society? A man's man was like quiet, tough, goes about his business, provides for his family, doesn't complain. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, why can't a man now be in touch with his feelings and actually, if they feel something, be like, hey, listen, I want to talk to you. You're my friend. Or, hey, listen, I want to talk to you. You're my wife. Let's talk about what I'm feeling so we can get it on the table, be liberated, feel good, and have that vibration continue, like that really high, strong vibration between us. We don't learn that, you know? And and again, like that's what I'm saying. Like, can we as men put ourselves in a place to speak? And it's harder it's harder than we may think, but it's also easier than we may think at the same time because I started and I was writing on a notebook. I said immediately, like, if I felt some sort of way, I had something that I could write it. I feel this way because that's how I have to, I had to start like a fifth grader. Yeah. I feel this way because, <laughs> and then I did a little practice after I would do my, my rituals in the morning, meditation and breath work, I would send, I wouldn't turn on my phone for, for like two hours, but I, always take it off airplane mode after my breathwork and meditation just to send one text to one person, a friend or a family member that, and I'd say, I appreciate you and send, you know, three sentences why I appreciate them. I love you. And here's why. And then, and then shut it down, you know, like just leave it. And then I'll respond later. But, 
but that was a practice for me and I cringed. There were some of my guy friends. I'm like, oh my God, they're just going to be like, what they're gonna be like, what the fuck's happened to you out there in LA, Christian? It used to be so hard. You know, like what is it softening you up here? But, but I really do think even the folks, even the guys who did say who I expected to say that said that, they were like, man, I got love for Christian, you know? Yeah. And, yeah, and yeah. Cause we're all softies on the inside anyway. We all just want love. We totally. all want to be love, give love. And everyone appreciates messages like that. But if you have a problem speaking up, do that. Even in a text form, even if you want to take it next level, do it on a voice note form, but do those things and that's your practice. Mm -hmm. And then when you do it face-to-face, -face, you start mastering this stuff already. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I, I mean, gratitude, I mean, you, you spoke on it a little bit, but like gratitude is like the biggest frequency. Again, it's the easiest. Like all mm -hmm. you have to do is just think about the blessings in your life of mm -hmm. what you're and be grateful for them and mm -hmm. feel that feeling. Mm -hmm. And it shifts, shifts your vibration. Everything. It's beautiful. And it's healing. It, it's very, it's healing. And, and it should be part of your morning ritual. You got it. You just, you know, I was in the car this morning and we were on our way to Soho and uh, I go to my friend, I go, all right, what if, what are five things we went to Uber? I go, what are five things you were grateful for? And then she'd say something and I go, Why? And then she'd have to explain why. And then she'd say something and why, just so she understood like what's there, but what's the root? Like why? Why is she grateful that she has a job? What's it doing for her? Why is it grateful that she moved to a new apartment? What's it doing for her? And if we can say those things, then we really see like what's in our life and why, we, why we're appreciative, mm -hmm. you know? And it, just don't even put any limitations on it. You, literally, I was grateful the other day for my toenail. I was like, damn, this, this, this toenail has really been protecting me all my life. Because I was playing baseball when I was little and my toe, my, my fingernail flew off. A bit of, uh, I got hit by a pitch. And like, do you know what a, like an exposed nail bed feels like? So, so that's what I'm saying. I'm like, God, this toenail is great. Like, thank you. You see, like there's no limitations. And then you could also thank the universe right after that, like for being present. That's amazing. Like the cosmos. Be grateful. Yeah. Because shit, man, when you're feeling good, when you're feeling like grateful, like, ah, oh, I got everything I need already. I feel great. I got all this love in my heart. I feel great. People are attracted to that. They see that. Yeah. They feel that. They smell that. They take, they're, they're around those people. If, if like, let's say we were people who were not self-aware and we were just angry and, you know, we listened to the news and took everything as Bible, basically. Yeah. Like most of America. And then someone walks in who's self-aware who is at peace, made peace, speaks their truth, authentically them, we'd, we'd be in the cafe and we go, who's that person? And we'd feel two ways. We'd be like, oh God, what, what an annoying person. Let them do that. <laughs> because our ego's like, oh my God, like let's protect our ego. We don't want to be threatened by this new vibe. Or if we're more self-aware of ourselves, we'd be like, shit, that person is vibing. Like I want more of that. And it's not that you want more of that. That person is just reminding you of, of who you are, mm -hmm. reminding of you to remember that you are that, you are that authenticity. You are that beauty that that person's illuminating right. to you. It's just a mirror. So you're like, you see that and you're like, if you, you can see that and you go, oh man, like, let me, let me, let me let go of some shit. Cause I deserve to be like that every single day. Yeah. I deserve to rub off on people. So they go, I want more of Nick right there, man. That Nick's, Nick's a vibe. I want that vibe. He's, he's so happy and grateful. I want more of Christian. Like I know he's going through some shit, but man, he is vibing. Like I feel it. Like he's so authentically, he's reading and he's glowing. He's shining. Like that is the most powerful state to be in. Yeah. Cause imagine creating from that. You create anything you want in the world. I've done it. It's amazing. Yeah. 
I I'm vibing on that. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like that la- the last trip to LA and just the West Coast, I was vibing pretty high. Mm-hmm. Like it felt good. Mm-hmm. And you know, coming from a space of going through the the few months of just solo mm. quarantine in New York. <laughs> it's just like going through this alchemization process. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. It's collective consciousness. There's pockets where people are all vibing and you feel yeah. it, especially if you're sensitive and self-aware, you feel that, man. But at least you got a great place. You ha- you've, and I remember you when you did my podcast, you were talking about how you set up your place for those times where you're going to be creative and get in touch with yourself of who you are. And you definitely do have this place set up. Like there's a little like mini activations where you can be like, oh, well, here's where I'm going to really get in touch with like my vibe. Oh, yeah. here's where the, oh, the art's going to happen. Here's the creativity. Like it's beautiful. And I think we all need to get in touch and, and find our place and space to do that. Yeah, absolutely. So what are your creative outlets, your own, like for yourself? You know, it's it's interesting because you and I, I don't think I told you, you sparked within me this this remembering of my creativity. Remember I just talked about the guy in the cafe? Yeah. Your version of the, you were the guy in the cafe where I said, damn, that guy is creative as fuck. Like I, I need to get in touch with my creativity because I saw how creative you were as a person in, in the expression of your, not only fashion, but then your photography, your, your being in touch with your, even your art. You know, you showed me this picture that you drew Yeah. after you did a plant medicine ceremony. <laughs> and I was like, wow, that's beautiful art. And then the, the way you express yourself in your place here. And I'm like, I got it. I could, like the universe reminded me that that's within me. Maybe yeah. not to the capacity. I'm horrible at taking pictures. I was just told this the other day too. So, <laughs> so that just confirmed it. But, but I also feel like I'm talented at writing. You know, I can, I can write a poem really well. I can write yeah. a song really well. So that's the way I've been doing. I've been setting up my place in space, turning off my phone. The phone is the biggest distraction. Yeah. And actually, the red light has been so helpful for me. I've been actually leaving it on during the day my phone time has been cut in half because that blue light isn't like, I'm like a mosquito when the blue light's there. I'm like, wow, look at this high resolution (laughs) picture on blue light. You know, wow, this is a 4k one. (laughs) But then with a red light, I was like, oh God, it's a great picture. It probably looks good, but it's dull in the red. Right. And I've been doing that and it's been keeping me off my phone. So even if you can't like hide your phone or turn it off, put it on red light mode and then get your creative outlet uh, going. Oh, that's the night mode. The night mode. Okay, Yeah, the it. red light tint mode. Right. And there's a way to do it. You just type in like red light tint mode on your phone. Yeah. But, and then and then I'll just, I have a little couch and a table and I have my journal there or a writing book and I'll just like put on a candle. Even like, yeah. it just set a vibe, set a mood for me. No music and I'll just write. But sometimes I'll listen to some instrumentals that get me going. I was like, oh, I could write on this instrumental. Ooh, this one I can write on too. So it just depends on what the vibe yeah. is, but everything is there right in front of me. Bose yeah. headphones, right? I have uh, the Spotify on, but on red light, you know? So I got the music going and it's just, that's the that's how I set up my creative space. I like it. I like it. Would you consider doing your podcast like also a creative space for you? Yes. Yeah, for sure. I was just thinking about that. I was like, God, I haven't been writing songs. I haven't been writing poetry lately. And I love doing that. And I was like, you know what? But I've actually been doing the podcast. And that's sort of a performing arts for me. Yeah. You know? I told my dad yesterday after we had our talk, I was like, in no way, like, you should have. I was just like, thinking back to my personality, like, I, I should have been in like drama school yeah. or the performing arts because I love acting but I love helping people. So yeah. all of a sudden I go to medicine and then, I'll, and then I realize at some point, 
I kind of love acting too, or I love like being like performing. So now I get to be this, like in these knowledge bomb segments that I do, <sighs> I'm like, all right, everyone, let's talk about GMOs. All right. You heard this, but I'm going to give you the truth. You know, like, whoa, like <laughs> that like awakens a part of me where I feel like I'm performing in the most authentic way, but also like giving a part of me that, you know, I don't walk to the barista and go, all right, I really like a mocha latte, but hold the, <laughs> hold the dairy milk and give me some soy. Like, I don't fucking do that. You know, you should try it though sometime. Yeah, no, I, just... I should. I should. <laughs> I mean, put this barista through the ringer. Yeah, they'll, like, they'll be like, what is this guy? A weatherman? Like get him out of here. You know? Exactly. But, but that is art to me. Mm -hmm. It really is. And it's art to, to have a flow going and, you know, like just the whole thing. If you're buzzing at the end of something you do, that's art for you. Yeah. You know, like absolutely. that's your vibe. Yeah. Well, it's like, I, I, I've, I don't say I've come to the conclusion, but it's just like, I kind of the idea that like everyone's creative at something it doesn't have to be art per se, mm -hmm. you know, or like the traditional sense of art, right. Mm -hmm. Painting photos and drawing and or whatever, you know, your art could be your business. Yeah. Your art could be your podcast. Your art could be, I mean, whatever it mm -hmm. is, I think it's, it's really about the act of creating and getting what's inside out. Yeah. And I, it's also a therapeutic space too i mean i don't know if you've had any experience with like art therapy and and how that helps people but i feel like that would probably be on the holistic side of things in a yeah, certain for respect sure. i read about art therapy in one of the studies uh when i was doing i actually did a music therapy show like sound therapy sound oh, healing, wow. and art therapy was part of it where i was reading more about it too it's incredible like if one of the tenets of health is getting back to nature and our true nature is creative we are creative beings we are constantly creating then it stands to believe that creative therapy can really be helpful, right? So, mm -hmm. so one of the questions then for me as a doctor is like, how are you creating? What are you doing every single day? Yeah. You, just tell me one thing that is creative, that is not sitting behind the computer and typing, crunching numbers, and then going home and watching nighttime TV. What is creative that you're doing? That's healing, dude. Yeah. It really is. And like you said on my show, when you said like your business can be your art, I was like, well, damn, your business can be your art. Like that can be your passion. And that's how can be how you express yourself through the business. Yeah. It's not, and I was thinking like, you know, graffiti, painting on the, on, on the floor, you know, sculpture, that's traditional. Like yeah. we can do, we can do art. Like I said, as long as you're buzzing and you're hyper present when you're doing it, that's art. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, cooking is art. exactly, exactly. <laughs> not my art, but yeah, man. <laughs> For some people. Yeah. I am like the, I'm like the level of a first grader doing like a Michelangelo sculpture when it comes to cooking. Yeah. So anytime like, and it shouldn't be right. Like we should actually like have the basics down. Right. Right. I have no idea why I'm, I'm inept when it comes to cooking. I try. I promise you I do. <laughs> it just never comes out. I put a lot of love into it. It just never comes out. <laughs> so I'm sure, I'm sure you could probably work it if you really, really like, like if it was really, your art, you know? <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. If I put a lot more resources, I'm really good at finding restaurants that are open in LA. <laughs> That's my new art. So we're doing a little bit of that. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. What do you think this, the, the psychology is of getting what's inside to the outside? Of, of like your creativity? Just well, I mean, in the respective art therapy, but like, you know, physiology wise, like how does that heal the body and how does that mm. heal? Like, uh, like expressing yourself. Yeah. Expressing yourself. I mean, how does that play into the holistic side of, of healing? It's a good question. How does it tie in physiologically? Well, what are we doing when we're creating, right? We're, we're being aligned with our truest nature. Again, we are creative beings. I think the mechanism that I can think about best would be when you are creating, 
truly creating and in that flow state that you talked about on my show, you are hyper-present. And right. if you're hyper-present, you're not stuck on past or present. And if you're not stuck on past, you ain't tying down to those depressive thoughts, words, actions, feelings. And then if you're not stuck in the future, you're not tied up into those thoughts, words, actions that are causing anxiety. Right. So again, you're not only lowering your stress level, but you're telling your body it's okay to flow, right? Now imagine how your brain and your nervous system are reacting. Well, we know in meditative state, there's a synchronization of hemispheres. Your left and right hemisphere, literally, it's just it's just flowing. It's like, holy moly. Yeah. Well, what are you doing when you're meditating? You're in a hyper-present state. So the same goes, or it stands to believe, I haven't seen any like brain scans of someone like creating their art at their peak. Yeah. But I, I'm willing to bet that their brain looks pretty similar as someone who's in deep meditation, right? Right. Those those brain waves, right? Theta brain wave states. Like those brain waves that we had when we were like kids, one through seven. Mm -hmm. We were looking at the world and we're like, wow, look at that building. Oh my God, look at that flower. Flower, look at that lizard. You know, but that's again hyper present. When you're looking at a lizard and a flower, you're not thinking about future or past. So I think that's the mechanism. Our brain is synchronized. The signal from our brain to our adrenal glands about stress is at minimal, right? So we're not stressing. Mm -hmm. Our digestive system is given permission to digest. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? There's a synchronization yeah. and harmony of the whole body. That's gotta be the mechanism. I would love to be the, the main head behind a study on that. Yeah, that'd be super interesting. So that's, excuse me, another question is like, how, like, what are some things that you do to harmonize the body? You know, you mm. just, I mean, and what does that even mean? Cause you just talked about like harmonizing like your, your digestive system and like your, mm. your, your heart and uh, mind connection and, and those things. Mm. What is, what does that look like? Harmonizing the body. You have to, again, think about closest to nature. So the best way we can harmonize our body, one of the best ways and cheapest ways is moving our rhythms with earth's rhythms. Right. Mm. So, in, in a perfect world, the sun comes up and you're outside seeing that sun come up and getting the impact of that frequency or the wavelength of different colors. Mm -hmm. and, and preferably with no glasses or contacts, letting literally your eye be unadulterated and being hit by that, by that impulse. Mm -hmm. But what that's doing is it's setting, there's hundreds and hundreds of different circadian clocks. It's not just melatonin. It's yeah. not just cortisol. But that's setting the rhythm for your body to harmonize correctly. Then getting midday light also. Doesn't matter, even, even if there's clouds, getting midday light and getting yeah. that, that stimulus. You don't have to get the sun hitting you. You just need that light. And Matt Maruka talks about it on my show in, in more depth. And he's, he's, he's a light guy. Yeah. And then at night, seeing the sunset. If we can get that stimulus. I, look, I'm going to be honest. I don't always see the sunrise. I'm not a big morning person. Right. But I certainly do see the sunset every night. I try to see it. Mm. And getting that getting that stimulus, you know, I take off my glasses and I, I'll see the sunset. But what that's doing is setting all those rhythms in our body. All the cells that need to respond, all the organs that need to respond are told. It's literally giving directions. Mm. Imagine the sun's rays are giving us little packets of direction telling our body what to do. When we're not in rhythm like that, that's a problem because now our digestive system is getting stimulus to digest at like 10 o'clock at night when it, it's not really supposed to be doing that. We're telling our liver to start functioning, start being hyperactive when it's supposed to be chilling. You yeah. know? So that's the same thing that goes with all our organs. So harmony is really getting in touch with the earth's rhythms. Eating when we're supposed to eat. If sun goes down, we're probably not supposed to have a big, big, big dinner, right? Yeah. But when the sun comes up, 
you listen, you, and if you do that for two weeks and see how your hunger might change, you're certain your sleep, your sleep's going to change a thousand percent to help me. The number one monkey wrench in all of this, I was going to say monkey bone. That might be my new word. <laughs> the number one monkey bone in all of this is your phone. Like the blue light from your phone is going to disrupt the rhythm every single time, especially at night. Especially mm -hmm. once sun comes down, if you're exposed to TV, computer, tablet, phone, that's a big problem because it's, it, that is the biggest monkey bone in, that you can ever throw in your cycle. Right. So that's my number one way to harmonize the brain all the way to your toenail. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love that. I love that. Yeah, I mean, it makes so much sense. Harmony, when everything is in harmony, you're everything feels better. Like, mm -hmm. You know, I think, you know, we're all striving to get to this. I mean, not necessarily striving. I think the strive is to get to a space of wholeness, whether you realize that or not, you know, I mean, some people are, you know, in happy being in their misery uh, because they're, you know, there's addictive chemicals in your mm -hmm. body that you're addicted to being in stress states and mm -hmm. hating your life and all that. And that gets addictive in and of itself. But I think, if you can awaken to the idea of pushing towards wholeness, mm -hmm. like that's such a huge piece of it, right? Mm -hmm. And and remembering that you are whole, man. Like we've always been whole. Like it's just remembering. We forget. That's the problem. Like we forget. And for for the person who loves and there and certainly like if you're in a depressive state over and over, you're going to get that physiological response. That's your your, yeah. your brain and your body are going to adapt to that epigenetically, to that state mm -hmm. of stress, to that state of brain inflammation. But also it's like, how do we break that? Like what, what response, what physical, how physically, how can we help it? Naturopathically, let's think, how can we help reduce brain inflammation? How can we right. support the gut? Cause we know those two are connected to depression. This is, we're just talking about depression, for example, but also emotionally, mentally, how do we get in touch with like, okay, when did depression start? What trauma are you holding on to? Right. At what point in your life was the answer to put yourself in a de depressive state or to be put by someone else outside of you in a depressive state or seemingly be put outside? Because at the end of the day, this is many times us, you mm -hmm. know, like yeah. we, we have the power. I always was like fascinated by this quote that said, when we are, and I'm not saying that there's not horrible things that happen because there is, but we're in the state of victimization. Even if we were like, if someone, if I went outside and I got beat up by two dudes with a bat, I, I certainly would feel like a damn victim at some point. Right. But at some point after that, when we hold on to that victimization, then we always have power over us. Right, right, right. But the very minute, this, this, this may be a tough one to swallow, but if I get beat up with some bats, I'm in the hospital for three weeks. I can't do three weeks of heal thyself. So we miss some shows, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but at some point, can I say to myself that I created, I, I had a hand in some sort of creation in this? Because yeah. if, we're, if we're saying we are creating our reality, then it stands to believe that we're creating all of the quote unquote good and all of the quote unquote bad. So did I create this in some capacity? Yeah. And the minute you say or take some responsibility on some capacity for what quote unquote happened to me is the minute you give yourself power to overcome or to let go, release, surrender, or forgive. See what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I think that if we even, and it's not just what happens to us, we could global warming. I, I do everything I can for the environment. It's still my fault. 
I'm part of this consciousness. Yeah. Right. It's like, it's like we're separating ourselves when we're just a wave of the ocean. We have to take responsibility for everything, the world, the way it is, political, Black Lives Matters, things that happen, mm-hmm. COVID. We're, if we take responsibility for all of that, then we could give ourselves the power to make massive change. Mm-hmm. And, I, and that's what I'm, this is like going on a ramp, but we're talking about depression. So I'm saying like, can we empower ourselves to at least go, like, shit, I've been depressed ever since this inciting factor happened to me. But then I, again, I say, can you, can you just take some level of responsibility? I'm not saying like it's your fault. I'm saying, can you take some level of responsibility, right? And I'm not saying that it's your fault. What I am saying is going at least cognitively, can you say, I had a part in this creation. I'm a creative being and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm creating my life. Yeah. And then the moment you say that, I, I kid you not, there's some liberation that happens in your body where even like I work with people who are depressed. I've worked with people who are super anxious. Can you let go of that thing in the past and open up space by taking responsibility, open up space for forgiving, open up space for putting more love into the situation. And that's, I truly believe, and I say, I say that to say this, that's when that flow starts happening. You start transforming, you start being more loving towards yourself, towards your perpetrators, let's mm-hmm. say the people with the bats. And then that's when you truly surrender and let go. Yeah, Absolutely. And, and the bigger thing is like the state of the world. Like, trust me, like I watch some people say some things that are absolutely not true about the virus. I'll see a lot of injustices that are happening right now, racial injustice that really gets me going. Like mm-hmm. I feel it. But then I know I didn't have anything to do with any of this, but I also take responsibility. Right. Like I'm part of this. I'm part mm-hmm. of this consciousness. I'm part of humanity. Yeah. At some point I might've had turned a blind eye. See what I'm saying? Like, let's take, let's all take responsibility more so we can make some massive change. Absolutely. I feel like Malcolm X right now. Bam. Dropping knowledge bombs <laughs> over here, just like your podcast, but, uh, which you guys all have to check out lots of knowledge bombs on there from like reviews of all kinds of products and everything. But with that, like where, uh, where can people find you on the interwebs? Interwebs. Dr. G at DLCTR.G with an underscore. Heal thyself podcast. It's on fire. I don't have a website. I should probably get one soon. Uh, And I think that's it. Yeah, we are creating actually a really cool platform called the Swell Score. And that platform is going to be a platform where you can buy through, you can do subscription or just buy anything that you want when it comes to health. So let's say, Nick, you go, Dr. G, what's the best magnesium? I'm going to be like, go on the Swell Score, man. Check it out. Because I, we have handpicked the doctors on staff, the cleanest, the most high quality, best of the best magnesium's out there for really low prices. It's pretty crazy. It's going to be coming out soon. And I'm, I'm heading a lot of the things that are going on there, but it's going to be not only supplements, protein powders, cacao powders, beds soon enough. Yeah. Beds, the bed sheets, everything that I talk about on my show, water filters is going to be on there. So now you have one stop shop and everyone could stop DMing me and going, Dr. G, what's the best this or that? I could just be like, please check out this website. <laughs> Amazing. Coming out soon. I love it. Well, y'all all get on it. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. Beautiful. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to today's episode of Onkin Radio with Dr. G. I am your host, Nick Onkin. And if you enjoyed today's episode, I'd love it if you could help us out by leaving us a review over on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast, listen to your podcast. That would be amazing. You can also follow me at Nick Onkin on 
Instagram. We also have at Onken Radio for the podcast. And you can sign up for the newsletter, get some insights. I'm also sharing things that I'm, I, artists that I'm inspired by, things that I'm listening to on the newsletter. You can do that over at onkenradio.com. So with that, you know what time it is. It's time to go out, create your life by creating every small moment. And we'll see you next time. 